0: today's episode of juicing the numbers your statistics and sports podcast i'm one of your hosts joshua tracing and i and welcome to the show today um as we were recording this it is november 2nd about 6 30 p.m here on the east coast game four of the astros i'm rounding conversational you know conversations things people have between each other
1: frankly i avoid those if possible i hate small talk i really hate small talk
0: uh i don't mind small talk as long as it has like i need an out I don't want to just continue to stand there awkwardly while we both don't know each other and can't think. Like if some, <laughs> if I was at a work engagement and someone was like, "Yeah, hey, yeah, you had a good weekend?" I'd be like, "Yeah, had a good weekend. How was your weekend? Good. Anything interesting? No. Like I'm, but I don't want that to like be my day. I want to be eventually like five minutes into that and be like, "All right, well, hey, great catching up with you. I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you around." Like that's that's where I'm at. I don't
1: want you to judge me for this. I know people listening will. I have had points where I have been like sitting with people or someone who is on the autism spectrum and been sitting there having a conversation amongst a group and thought to myself, man, I really envy the fact that you just talk about whatever subject you want and you don't give a shit if anyone else wants to talk about that. You just You don't care about small talk. You skip right over it. You jump right into something that you feel needs to be discussed. And we're having that discussion. And I've just been like, that's the dream.
0: I'm vaguely envious of the brand of autism. That is just like the people who say, I don't care what you have to say. Please stop talking to me. Oh, my God.
1: Absolutely. I've I've met someone like that. And it was like
0: it's Desperational, yeah, yeah. Teach it's like, me. oh wow, this is amazing.
1: Um, a bit Matt, of a Matt Torrey is a it's, little it's... bit like
0: that, a little bit.
1: Yeah, he. I went golfing with him this weekend, and he said to me as we were like walking down the uh, fairway, "I'm really glad that I could just say terrible shit to you, and you just kind of take it. I usually have to worry about how people react to stuff, but I know you're just going to take it and not say anything." And I was just like sitting there, like quietly thinking about what you just said. Just like, oh my god, I'm a fucking bitch.
0: I'm a little bitch.
1: I let this but tiny it's, little it's, Korean man walk all over me.
0: It's funny because he picks and chooses. Like we were, um, we were hanging out on Zoom once during the height of the pandemic with uh, our buddy Skyler and his roommate at the time, and his roommate at the time's girlfriend at the time, and she was wildly annoying, someone that uh, is no longer in the picture for that exact reason. And we were trying to play this like group game over Zoom, and this chick just wouldn't stop, man. Just loud, yelling, like, drunk at 6 p.m. Like, Would I know her? I don't think so. Okay. And Cal Ke- Ke- and I were whispering to each other, like, this chick sucks. And you could see <laughs> it in everybody's eyes, but then Matt just over Zoom was like, hey, uh, I don't like you you're really annoying and this girl was like what what are you talking about and he goes yeah no you gotta stop you gotta stop talking i'm not enjoying this <laughs> and i was just like this is amazing i love Matt so much oh he's the fucking best man anyway um,
1: this is a bit of a tangent on top of the tangent that we just went already on
0: here yeah i
1: was watching a bunch of like a compilation of uh not always sunny fucking larry david just curb your enthusiasm And we talked about this before, where I adore Seinfeld. I think it is absolute perfection. And I've never really been able to get into the older seasons of Curb. And I've never really been able to have an argument because I never knew why. There was just something about it. It's because everyone treats Larry like fucking garbage, even though he's the one that's right. People treat Larry... Like he is a fucking racist, Nazi, xenophobic, just any possible derogatory term you could think of. They treat him like that. 90% of the time, he's right. And they are crazy people. They they do not act like rational actors in an economic sense. Like they are all insane people. Everyone who surrounds Larry. Larry is the only one there that makes sense, and I just hate watching it because there's, I'm infuriated every time he has an in- interaction with like Susie or fucking
0: any of oh, those I people. I love Susie Estman. That show. I she's fucking so hate
1: Susie.
0: I mean, she's- Susie Estman is wonderful in the show. The, oh, the actress. actress? Yeah. Oh yeah, she's she's incredible in that fucking show. I could watch her just screaming at Larry without Larry being able to get a word in edgewise for a straight thirty minute episode and be thrilled, like a bottle episode. But the only but you hear a voice and the only voice, Susie Esmond, shouting. Uh-
1: <laughs> episodes where Larry is up on his soapbox is just perfection.
0: But the, the reason that's episodes the case- where
1: Susie is kicking Larry on the ground like a guy who just got or whatever. Ugh.
0: Wearing the tattered rags of 90 different outfits at once, mind you. <laughs> Nonsense garb shrouds Su- Susie Esmond's character at all times. It's incredible. But the reason for that, by the way, is that while Larry might... He is the epitome of, you're not wrong, you're just an asshole. <laughs> Which is to say, he There's is so not incorrect. People are way bigger assholes. Oh, sure. But it is, it's like the episode with... um he was trying to get like a golf lesson and that's actually in one of the later seasons i can't think of anything from the early seasons we're off the top of my head but like woman was trying to took a golf lesson from him that he wanted to get but she got priority because her husband died but it's like mm-hmm. a husband that she divorced so it's like that shouldn't count you divorced this man years ago clearly there were issues and it's like look larry you're right but the guy just died like you gotta He is. They're both right. That's the point. It's just that no one ever addresses the Larry point of view, which is what he brings to the table.
1: The one I saw that sent me on this like deep tunnel, just yeah, this warpath was uh when the couple comes over and the guy in the couple is a former like Marine, and just going around the circle. Thank you for your service. Thing. Person asks or says thank you for your service. And then he gets to Larry and he's just, hey, welcome my home. And he storms off just an emotional wreck because he didn't thank him for his service. And then everyone gangs up on him. And it's like, what, what just happens? He was being courteous. He was kind. He welcomed him to his home. Everyone else thanked him for his service. I've met 90% of the people I know in the military
0: are fucking dipshits. What's funny is that bit because that that season must have been what like two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. Like that was probably uh, very edgy for the time, but I think most of us watching now are just like, "Yeah, fuck that guy, (laughs) fuck the military guy." Yeah, I'm most. I well, I haven't stood out. This war wasn't that great. Yeah. Right.
1: Oh God, I used to do that in high school, and people would fucking.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hat stays on, ass stays. And see. I was actually stand. Mm-hmm. I was at the Jets game this past Sunday, and I was standing before the anthem, and then sat down for the anthem because I was like, I'm not staying standing for this shit. Fuck this, fuck this noise. Like the Livingston marching band came out, and I was like, Hey, that's my mother's alma mater. And I was like, Yeah, where you go, marching band? And then they're like, eh, And the national anthem. And I was like, Sitting back yeah, down. Fuck you. Yeah. Oh, all right. We've gone severely off topic. So, rounding it back in. Tonight is going to be game four of the World Series. As you're listening to this, game four has already happened, so you're aware of what went down in the city of brotherly love. So far, as we have not recorded an episode while the World Series has been a-going, Philly leads the series two games to one, which is nuts. Um... I mean, Doug. Nothing. Don't get me wrong. Core and I both said before we started, before this series started, that it, it really felt like Philly was was you know just grooving and had the momentum of a team that you know realistically shouldn't win, but practically very well may, and they have performed exactly like that so far. Um, game one, they won a crazy come from behind victory in ten innings in houston six to five uh the second night in houston they got uh, they narrowly avoided getting shut out losing to houston five to two uh and i think they scored those last two runs yeah one in the seventh one in the ninth so really just just nothing for most of the game and then first game in Philly was last night after a rain delay or a, a postponement because of rain pushed the game out a day uh Jumped down Lance McCullers Jr.'s throat. Five runs, seven runs total. Um, or Was it five home runs? I think it's five home runs. All seven five runs homers. went to Lance McCullers. Yeah. yeah, all seven runs. Lance McCullers' final line, 4.1 innings pitch, six hits, seven runs. All of them earned. One walk, five strikeouts, five home runs. Five of them. Oof. Um, I mean, have you watched any of the games?
1: I've watched, I haven't watched a complete game yet, but I have watched multiple, multiple games, uh, multiple innings in multiple games.
0: It's incredible. It's, I mean, Bryce Harper, man. God damn, this is insane. This is, he is the poster at every juncture during his career, but as a major highlight right now because it's the World Series, he has been the poster child of who he was supposed what he was supposed to be living up to having do, to, to, to be able to do made the color cover of sports. oh my god made the cover of sports illustrated before i think before he even got drafted gets drafted first overall so he's got that to live up to and then guess what he absolutely the fuck the fuck does i uh, i mean in, in his time in washington he finished he got an mvp vote his first year one rookie of the year and then oh yeah won an mvp Uh, in uh in in uh, four years into his career, hitting uh, what is still one of the most ridiculous seasons on record, won another MVP just last season. When after getting traded to uh, or not getting traded after signing with Philly, comes out has two great years, and then an MVP season his third year, and then here that Philly is having spent all this money, gone through some some churn at the managerial position, uh. A lot of doubt as to what the future was going to be if they couldn't string together wins, but dumped all this money on the team anyway, lucked their way into a, a playoff berth, and then Bryce Harper just mashing dongs the whole way, showing up in a huge way in the World Series. I mean, he has been everything to each team every step of the way. I've never seen someone cakewalk into the Hall of Fame like this. With this much hype and pedigree. Trout's gonna kick walking into the, the hall of fame.
1: The hype but and it's pedigree, yeah.
0: Yeah, but he didn't have the, the the hype and pedigree coming out of college, and he didn't have the playoff stage to kind of point to as well, which this gets to be for Harper. Because I mean, he is like Harper's mind share of being one goddamn sexy, uh and two, doing it on national TV, you know, doing what he's been doing on national TV like this at such a high level. Well hurt. Let's mind you, he has to DH right now because he is injured. Yes, yeah. <laughs> So doing it while technically hurt, fucking insane.
1: It's not a great comparison because of the the levels that the one player reached just completely eclipses what Bryce Harper has done, but the way that they have taken to the spotlight and overcome it and just pushed through since being a high schooler, it's exactly what LeBron's done in the NBA. I Those mean, two have
0: been compared a lot recently. Yeah.
1: It's look, LeBron is one a or one B in all of basketball history. That's just a discussion that, is universally had and agreed upon. It's one of the two guys. Bryce Harper isn't that for baseball. There's just too much going on with baseball. And I guess injury history is the only other thing that you could throw in there. But my goodness, Bryce Harper was on the cover of ESPN at, what, 16? That's incredible now that he's in his 30s on in what, 1800 OPS pace in the playoffs dragging his team to a World Series championship.
0: Mind you, 17 days into being 30. That beard is deceptive, but this man is not. Oh, that also threw me off on the broadcast last night when they said that Brandon Marsh was only 24. Whoa. Yeah, they're I, like Brandon. Marsh. Is un- I
1: knew, but even hearing it is like, Whoa.
0: They said on the broadcast that Brandon Marsh was the youngest Philly to hit a home run in Philadelphia history. And I was like, wait, how young is this 38-year-old man? Uh, No, no, he is 24.
1: Um, This is only his second season. Yeah, he's just... Why did the Angels trade
0: him? Uh, Because they're bad everywhere, and having a good defensive outfielder who can't hit for shit probably isn't doing them any favors.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess. He's got a 116 which, OPS plus with Philly so far. So
0: Which, which is super something. nice, but yeah, yeah. he um I, I I I completely I understand why they wouldn't necessarily want to I'm going to fight to retain him. Um what was the uh what was the trade package? That's what I want to know.
1: It's for sort of like a relief pitcher, I think.
0: I'm seeing the first headline I I see says that the Phillies overpaid. So there you go, boom, done. Minor league catcher. He's betting two uh, or
1: six so far in the playoffs. That's so not
0: great. Yeah, minor league catcher Logan O'Hop. There you go. You sure? Oh, it was the Phillies number three prospect? Uh, yeah. That all right, that's yeah, that's a big deal. okay it's justified there you go um Houston so far in this series has been eh it's kind of a confusing it's an extent even though the Houston Astros swept the Yankees it was kind of a wacky performance from the Astros in that um their pitching was was rock solid the whole way through um you know they they didn't do they don't let the Yankees really get far in any game. Uh, I think the Yankees' most runs scored in the series was like five. And I think that was like the last game of the series. And But the Astros' offense never really broke out. And where the Astros' offense did find success often was not with their top guys. It often was not with Jose Altuve or or Yordan Alvarez. They did get some success with uh, Jeremy Pena, who took home ALCS MVP, and every now and then Alex Bregman. But by and large, it was a lot of the – he's kind of like random guys from the bottom of, of the, uh, the order, like, uh, uh, Chaz, what's his face. I'm staring at a, at a goddamn roster and I still at Chaz McCormick. Goddamn. And, uh, Mart, uh, Martin Maldonado, who were who collecting hits and runs for them, which so far hasn't really, I don't know, been the case. Um, they're, they're scoring runs, you know, they've got 10 runs on the series so far. Was just just granted that's just between game one and game two since they got shut out in game three, but it's, um, uh, it's been kind of again, a little bit lopsided. Like right now their top three performers are Kyle Tucker. Who's been great. He's been great. This whole playoff run, Chaz McCormick, who all he has is three singles and three walks, which is like, Oh, okay. Um, and Alec Bregman, who, uh, A single, a double, a home run, sorry, a double, a home run, and two walks. And then just everything else just, you know, outs. Um, Jordan Alvarez has one hit so far in the series, which is worse than David Hensley. David Hensley has a higher OPS so far than Jordan Alvarez. Seems to be an issue. Yeah, uh, it's one of those uh,
1: situations where when Bryce Harper is playing like absolute peak Bryce Harper, you really need to counter that with an absolute super weapon of your own, and Jordan Alvarez has not answered that call.
0: Uh, It has been the battle of the bullpens so far as of the – Cumulative 24 runs allowed in the series between both teams. Um, All but one of them. So 23 out of 24 have been allowed by starters. So far, the Phillies bullpen has allowed zero runs and the Astros bullpen has allowed a single run. Um, And that was from Luis Garcia as he got served a loss. Um, he came in 0.2 innings pitched, uh, two hits and a run. I, th- I think he got the loss in game one. I believe I don't really recall. Um, I'm not looking it up. Uh, Lance McCullers Jr., obviously allowed seven. Justin Verlander, the man with no wins in eight World Series games, has allowed five. Framber Valdez allowed one. And then Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler also each allowed five. Everybody else is zeros down the board. And, uh, you gotta look at that and wonder. And that's gonna continue being the uh the trend for the next two to four games. Um jumping or or really who's gonna get to the other team's bullpen first? It's uh yeah, it's been it's been wild.
1: Why can't Justin Verlander pitch in the playoffs? It's
0: he can really pitch in bad. the playoffs only if it's against the Yankees.
1: Touche.
0: More reason why the Yankees should have traded for him.
1: Yeah, I never, uh, I never got that. Yeah, I mean, the I Yankees don't... should have given him a blank check.
0: I mean, again, they should have given Bryce Harper a blank check. They should have given Manny Machado a blank check. I complained about this at nauseum in the last episode. I could do it again. I will not. Um, it's hard to say. It's the same thing that happened. You know, Clayton Kershaw gets this moniker as well. You know, not a playoff pitcher. And who the fuck knows, man who the fuck the playoff playoffs is a whole different beast Um, to that effect. And we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about baseball because the NFL trade deadline passed. So we also obviously also have to talk about that, but just in speaking of how the, the postseason is a whole different animal, you know, the the really questionable management decision that came out of yesterday's game or Tuesday night's game. As you're listening to this was the fact that dusty Baker didn't pull Lance McCullers jr. Until two outs in the fifth inning when, um, you know, he'd already allowed seven fucking run, five home runs given up the most in a play in a World Series game ever. And, you know, that's commonly something you it's not common. It's something that you might end up seeing in a game. You know, in the middle of summer, you know, a guy come back from injury or uh, a guy that you really want to figure it out. And, you know, you'll you're going to lose 60 games a year anyway. You might as well let a guy learn a lesson along the way but to have him to hang him out there to dry with a bullpen that has allowed a single run the whole post, the whole uh, series so far was a puzzling look.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: What was your discovery? I heard a wow. uh,
1: This is just jumping back to Justin Verlander. Uh, Do you want to take a guess at how many times he has been to the playoffs?
0: To the playoffs.
1: Yeah, he's been pitching since, what, 2006? Way before then, but like 2004? Um, I guess I do have his page up. I could just look. Uh, Since 2005 was his rookie year.
0: The Tigers were good for the beginning of his career, and the Astros have been good his entire career with them. So I'm going to say in his 16 years, he missed the playoffs six times. So 10 years in the playoffs. Very
1: close. He's gone to the playoffs nine times. Nine times. Okay. Um, 2006, not again until 2011. uh, Missed it in 15, 16, and it's gone every year since, except for 2020,
0: 2021. Well, he was hurt those
1: years. Yeah. Yeah. So that's fine. Nine times, nine trips to the playoffs. He has only finished with an ERA below 4.15 three times. Uh, 2.21 in 2017 uh, when they won the World Series. Uh, he had a .39 ERA in 2013, uh, which they did not make the World Series. And then a 2.22 in 2012, uh, which he only pitched up in two game one of the World Series. The other years, 5.82, 5.31, 5.4, 4.15, 4.33, and this year, 7.2.
0: Well, and really what's funny is even if you drill down into that, his ERA in the ALDS – um, where he has an eight and one record 14 games. He's a 3.08 ERA and the ALCS. He went to eight of them, went seven and four, 12 games, 3.01 ERA. So again, both those are, are you take that shit every fucking day, the world series where he is. 0 and six, a 6.08 ERA in eight games, not a single win in eight games. And, and six not... losses, only two no decisions. I mean, it, it's nuts because his career playoff ERA is 3.69. you go, oh, well, that's not bad. But all of his bad starts in the playoffs seem to all be in the World Series. Yeah, that's... Really to, to think about it another way, 27 earned runs total throughout his nine ALDS uh, appearances or his 14 ALDS games. 27 earned runs in his a in his 12 ALCS games, 29 earned runs in his eight World Series games. Oh, also Um, uh, just another one. I because this is just fucking wild. He also didn't have matching earned runs allowed for the ALDS and the ALCS. He also has matching strikeout totals: 90, 90 in the ALDS in his 14 games, and 90 in the ALCS in his 12 games. The World Series, 44. Jesus. I mean, it's inexplicable how he just can't do it. Um,
1: I was going to try and come up with something witty and uh, useless,
0: so. Yeah, well, fuck you. Fuck you. Um, thanks, thanks, Deb. Yeah, you're welcome. Do you think that this series goes back to Houston, or do you think that Philly wins the next two games in Philadelphia and wins a World Series at home?
1: Oh, god, I'd have to pull up the pitching expected pitchers. Um, let me hear your thoughts while I look, which somehow
0: is the most relevant stat since again, this seems to be the, um, the battle of starting pitchers. I have no idea. This series so far has been chaos. Uh, it felt like a game one was a huge momentum shift or just a oscillation between the two sides. Game two was Houston all the way, start to finish game three was Philly all the way, start to finish. Um, That being said, you know, Philly gets to come right back the next night in Philly after just, I mean, pounding up the butt of the Astros. You got to be feeling good, right? Even though Aaron Nola had a kind of a, 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 a shitty outing last time out he's still like, you know, that guy on your team, the, the part one of your one, two punch with him and Wheeler, Christian Javier has been fantastic. um, So it it's, it's tough to under, you know, get a feel for it, but Phillies have gotten to every starter that the, ha- the Astros have thrown at him pretty much, except for Fromber. So I, I don't know. I, I... <sighs> Philly and Philly and five. Why not?
1: That would be be fucking incredible. Um, I think Nola versus Javier is going to end up being a toss-up. I have a lot more faith in Christian Javier than I do Aaron Nola right now. He's been hit around his last three starts. That's tough. Christian Javier has been electric the entirety of the season and the entirety of his career in the postseason. But the Phillies offense is cooking right now. Just and, large
0: guys who can hit dongs,
1: and it's in Philly. So, ah, oh man, I, I, I can't imagine ever playing in a playoff game in Philadelphia if you're not playing for the Philadelphia team. That must be, arguably, terrifying. Uh, And then Thursday's matchup is Justin Verlander versus Noah Syndergaard. I
0: was about to ask you about this because I genuinely look at that and you go, oh, man, Syndergaard's going to get his ass handed to him. But then everything we just said about Justin Verlander (sighs) makes you go like, wow, who? Also, if I told you at the start of the season that Noah Syndergaard is pitching in a World Series game at the start of the season, Noah Syndergaard was with the Angels would you assume that the angels made it to the world series and are finally good? Or would you assume that he got traded to the team that made it to the world series? Cause I think I would have, I would have said, Oh, the angels must have finally gotten good. Yeah. And like, in a hot, like it wouldn't have been weird. I mean, it would have been less weird him? than, than the fact the Phillies
1: are Noah Syndergaard and like Mike Trout. I know, but like, I'm trying to think of like a third pitcher that would like oh, oh, devastating rotation through that, the playoff push to get to the World Series. Garrett Whitlock. No, he's, uh, he's with the Red Sox. Doesn't matter. Anyway. But yeah, like, oh my God, that could be a devastating one, two, three punch, or regardless, one, two punch. Wow. Like, oh my God, if Andrew Heaney finally clicked or Dylan Bundy. Figured it out what he had for like three months there. I don't think
0: either of those guys are still on their angels. I think Andrew. They're not. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah.
1: Like if, if they were still there, like, oh, they figured it out. They could have made that push. Knowing everything. Yeah, of course. It's because he got traded to the team that went to the world series and not playing for the angels. Angels suck.
0: Said that very weird, but. I'm. I'm also trying to think like who would you have picked to be in the World Series between these two strange teams, the Angels or the Phillies? I think I would have picked the Angels because you can you can sit there and say you know who's the barriers to entry for the AL? It's the Yankees and the Astros, and it's like all right, we'll assume those two teams meet in the DS and tear each other up. You know, Angels get into the ALCS and hit a weird hot streak, whereas for the um. Phillies side of things, you know, they had to make it past first. They had to make the playoffs, which we already saw was a challenge because they have the Braves in their division and the Mets who won 100 games. Then there's also the Padres and the Dodgers and the Cardinals who refused to die. I mean, it's nuts. I think I would have picked the Angels to be here.
1: I think if you asked me at the beginning of the season, I would have been torn. I think the Phillies might've been my guess just because of that offense and the fact that Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, uh, I guess no, Syndergaard wasn't there yet. I don't know. I, I think they could have figured out the rest of their starting pitching. Um, whereas the angels it's like, yeah, it's Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, but we knew there really wasn't anything else there. Um, we didn't think it was going to be quite that bad, but fuck me! Uh,
0: I also think it's really sad that we couldn't name the number two or number three starter for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, by the way, the number two starter by innings pitched was Patrick Sandoval, and number three was Reed Ditmire. Or Detmer. Are you
1: are you ashamed that we couldn't do that? Because boy,
0: no, I, think I could have told a,
1: you Patrick Sandoval was on that team. I'm you ask not me, hey, what team does this guy play for? I'm
0: not I'm confident. I'm usually pretty
1: good about naming like at least 60 to 70% of like a team's starting lineup slash rotation. I don't know if I could give you even half of the Angels.
0: You know what's wild is that the Angels starting pitching performed better than the Phillies did. That's funny. That is yeah. funny. I mean, I, well, look, we're going to move on because we could just keep doing this all day. But
1: we weren't we weren't supposed to talk about baseball this episode or at least this much. I thought we we even said a quick stop. Re-stop
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. restopping stop
1: the baseball.
0: Oh, there's always so much to get into. Um. All right. So I guess let, let, let's talk trades. I have the uh, the spot track trade tracker up. Um, unless there was a specific series of trades that you wanted to discuss, or we will just hit them when uh, we no, get there,
1: just the just the big ones, yeah. All
0: right, we'll there's going to be a we'll, lot
1: of pass passing.
0: I'm sure. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, 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 let's start with a major one, which was uh, October 17th um, when Robbie Anderson got traded to the Cardinals in exchange for a 24, sixth 20, 24, round, 25 seventh round. Do you fucking care?
1: That's not the big one I was thinking of, but. Uh, I think it's fucking oh, hilarious that he you mean, here, flipped ahead. his coach off and then it's just like, you are fucking gone. And then he's what, like the number four receiver on Arizona right fucking, now?
0: Who fucking cares?
1: <laughs> so it's it's DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, Marquise Brown was there. I think he's hurt. And then yeah, probably the Robbie true. Anderson after. Yeah. Zach Ertz is definitely higher up than Robbie Anderson. And then
0: whoa i forgot he was on that team wow this is what i get for not playing fantasy football this year i forget what everyone what team everyone's on um you must so you must be thinking of the other carolina trade to a west coast team uh which is the carolina panthers sending christian mccaffrey over to the san francisco 49ers in exchange for the entire middle of the uh niners second round or uh, 2023 draft as they traded the their 2023 second third and fourth round picks and also a 2024 fifth round pick, uh, a massive haul for a running back, which is pretty rare in today's game. Uh, Corin, what do yeah. you think?
1: Um, on one hand, I love the idea of Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco. I, the idea of having him, Devo Samuel, it was Jeff Wilson, Kyle Juszczyk, just Brandon Ape. The weapons that the sounded like a Key and Peele sketch. <laughs>
0: Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Kyle Buschick. The, the, these sound like the names that they made up in the in the Hingle McCrinkleberry episode.
1: <laughs> the player formerly known as Mouse Cop. Uh... <laughs> you love the idea I'm of the offense. Watching, I'm watching it in my head. Instead of regaining composure and, <laughs> and the TV yes, behind the
0: eyes, I understand. I
1: love that offense. It's amazing how they still just are stuck with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, and I know we'll get to this later, but it's amazing how much they invested into trading up for Trey Lance. And this offense is everything to do with getting the ball away from both of those mediocre quarterbacks. Um. I'm I'm hyped for him to to play out his contract and, and be with Kyle Shanahan for a haul because that that offense is fucking beautiful. It's probably not going to be the best in the NFL. It's certainly not going to be the best in the NFL, but it's going to be the prettiest.
0: The thing that I can't quite lay my finger on with this trade is who they are committing to. By going through with it because usually you'll see like you see a, a a big trade for uh you know wide receiver and you say oh they're committing to their quarterback you know like they're trying to get him weapons um or you'll 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 see a a, a big trade for uh, a de- defensive end and they say oh they're co- committing to to their their coach and and the, the the plan that he wants to lay out this one's kind of tough to put your finger on uh because you would think that, unless the Niners get like really good, that we would maybe not be. I don't want to say Kyle Shanahan's going to be on the hot seat, but that we might be approaching that territory. And you know, you could say the same for the GM, uh, John Lynch, since David, Lynch. D- D- David John David Lynch, um, since you know, like he made a big, like Horvath just said, he, he invested a lot into to trade to get. Trey Lance and he, Manson. I mean, I know he, he's hurt right now. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like the, the, that season.
0: Yeah. There's that, but like he has not really been much of a starter. And when he, when he started, he has not been fantastic. And, and, and so you know, <laughs> it's tough to say that they're going to be committing to either of those two guys, like they, they that those two guys have for sure the next three years or whatever, they're obviously not committing to Jimmy Garoppolo because they're probably going to be, I'd imagine they would trade him as soon as they fucking could if they got a fair offer for him. I don't know who this trade is supposed to be like. Yeah, that guy. You know what I mean?
1: I think it is being able to purchase an elite player at a discounted rate that is heavily um, what's the term for it? Um, It's like the perfect puzzle piece for the system that you're trying to run. And it's making up for the fact that their quarterback isn't going to be able to win them games. Um, as far as them being on the hot seat, I would have to assume that the 49ers ownership group understands that, hey, fucking evaluating quarterbacks is really fucking hard. You, we thought we had an absolute winner and we paid what we had to pay in order to get our guy. It didn't work out for X number of reasons. It's not the coach and the GM's fault for a player not being who they expected them to be in a vacuum. Look, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are two of the best at what they do in all of the NFL. I think it would be ass backwards to fire them because of Trey Lance
0: oh for sure I think I think you're very likely right it's just uh it's a it's a big it's a big investment for that we don't typically see for um GM coaching duos that are so far into their tenure and haven't I mean they've been to a Super Bowl and you know lost to the Chiefs but that was what three years ago what was it four years ago
1: three years ago makes sense four years ago seems way too long initially I was thinking of the Ravens uh 49ers that was probably four or five
0: Ravens 49 dude that was 2012 that was 10 years ago are you fucking serious that was 2012 Corbin looks like the broken shell of a man. What? Yeah, yeah, that was the 2012 NFL season. That was 2000 at February 3rd, 2013, the end of the 2012 NFL season. That was 10 entire fucking years ago, dude. I mean, Colin Kaepernick oh. was the quarterback in that game against Joe Flacco. Like, where are you? Dude, are you okay?
1: Randy Moss was in that game. Ray Lewis and Ed Reed played in that game.
0: Yeah, because it was 10 fucking years ago, dude. My guy, you were in high school. (laughs)
1: Dude, I was a fucking sophomore in high school.
0: Yeah, like this one was, was... really long ago.
1: <laughs> okay. What's the <laughs> next trade, Josh?
0: <laughs> Just real quick. Now, I got, got sp- spent a lot of time on it. How do you like this for the Panther side of things?
1: Uh, it's one of those, boy, it makes your team worse, but you kind of have to do it because what are you going to do with Christian McCaffrey?
0: Yeah, obviously, you're losing one of the best players in the NFL, but like that's kind of the point of trading away good players to get good hauls. So
1: it's not I even like worth arguing like the minutia of like, oh, did the 49ers get a steal or, or did they sell low on McCaffrey? It's like, yeah, they did because they knew they had to sell them. Like, it's not even honestly, worth it because you're getting something rather than nothing.
0: I don't even think it's selling low. If you think about how long this potential rebuild might take for the Panthers, because even if it's two, three years. I mean, the shelf life for a running back, uh, McCaffrey might not be able to contribute in the way that he can right now in two to three years. We have no fucking clue. Maybe, uh, he's been great, so you would like to say that absolutely he could, but the shelf life for running backs is so short that honestly, because he is a running back, you have the entire middle of a draft that you didn't have. You can draft more. So, all right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, The jets traded to acquire James Robinson running back from the Jacksonville Jaguars in exchange for a 2023 sixth round pick that can become a fifth round pick. If James Robinson collects 500, sorry, 600 rushing yards Uh, Corwin thoughts on this pick or uh, trade.
1: I love the player, James Robinson. And honestly, I don't hate this from either side. Uh, The Jaguars have Travis Etienne, who is a draft pick of, I think it was, he was a still an urban Meyer draft pick. He had to have been because it was the the Trevor Lawrence year. Um, That being said, You know, the Jets, they lost Brees Hall. They were able to replace him, but they now have, you know, going into next year when you would actually expect him to be able to compete for a playoff spot. Uh, Three guys at running back. I don't know. Maybe that's me being too just down on the brand name of the New York Jets that you don't expect them to push for a playoff spot this year, or do you? I don't. I know they're playing well. I don't know the actual status of the team.
0: I would. I wouldn't think that they're trying to actually. Well, I'm. I'm sure the coaching staff would say that they're trying, but I don't think anyone in the organization expects a no playoff mandate for this year. I think it's probably the best. They're they're
1: trying in the sense of they're paid to do it, so they're going to
0: do it. Right. Yeah. In the way that every team is trying to win football games. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But I don't think there's a mandate saying make the this this team's amazing. If you don't make the playoffs, it's your fault, coach. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like this too. Um yeah, Brees Hall going down is obviously devastating for the Jets offense and that and my soul. Um, but yeah, I mean like, like you said, the the Jaguars have an excess, have a surplus of value at the running back position, and the Jets had a need. So uh they didn't give away a lot clearly they're not expecting james robinson to be like an every down back because otherwise that 600 rushing guards would be met incredibly easily you know they're probably just going to bump everybody else up on the depth chart which would make sense michael carter is a good running back and ty johnson oh fucking hell hold He's on the team yes he is and he is the next guy on the depth chart so yes ty johnson i guess is also there um so, yeah, it's it's fine. It's not exciting. Um, the Dallas Cowboys acquiring Jonathan Hankins and a 2024 seventh-round pick from Las Vegas in exchange for a 2023 sixth-round pick. Any interest? No. The Chicago uh, – I was about to say Cubs – Bears sending Robert Quinn to Philadelphia in exchange for a 2023 fourth-round pick. Um.
1: I like this for both sides. Obviously, the Bears are just in desperate need to rebuild very quickly around Justin Fields. Um, They're going to have a hundred or so million dollars to play with in free agency because of a lot of moves they made in the offseason this year. They're going to have a lot of draft picks. The Eagles are the NFC favorite to go to the Super Bowl, and having a veteran pass rusher a la what the Rams did with Von Miller uh, last year when they went to the, the Super Bowl. Very helpful. Um, I like it for both sides.
0: Man, I, I I did not realize how long Robert Quinn has been in the NFL for, man.
1: Dude, he played for Jeff Fisher on the
0: Rams. I see that. He played for the St. Louis Rams. Yeah. For for years for five years i completely forgot he had been in the nfl that fucking long
1: he got signed to like this really big contract i want to say like three years ago and when we talked about it i was like robert quinn is going to retire in like two years why the fuck would you sign him to such a massive money deal and it's because i don't know what the hell i'm talking about and he's gonna play forever
0: Yeah, because in 2021, at the age of 31, his 10th year in the NFL, he had 18 and a half sacks, second most in his career. Robert Quinn has 102 career sacks.
1: Robert Quinn is one of the few people in the NFL where I have known him for the entirety of my time watching football. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. I truthfully have not a single... Out of understanding of what that man looks like.
0: I've seen every episode of Hard Knocks that he was in, and I feel the same. <laughs> so that, that we've talked about this so often. That is the detriment of football is that because of the helmets, I don't know what anybody fucking looks like. I don't know what anybody looks like.
1: Uh, two things. Like, one
0: Berkshaw Ferguson, I was at his Ring of Honor induction this, this past Sunday because it was at the Jets game I went to. And when he stepped up, when they were showing people on screen, I had a hard time remembering which guy was Dabricka Shaw Ferguson because I'm like, I-, I watched this man's entire career with the Jets. I cannot remember what the fuck he looks like.
1: Um, I just Googled him. One, I don't know who this man is. Uh, two, if you saw him walking down the street of Philadelphia a day after being traded, you would think, wow, that is the largest homeless man I've ever seen in my life.
0: Robert Quinn, yeah, yeah, that's fun. just he needs
1: to invest some of the hundred million dollars he's made in his career on a fucking barber because patchy. Uh, this
0: Everything. next one's this next this next trade is is very interesting. Um, a lot of takes about it on uh New York Sports Talk Radio. So, Kadarius Tony gets shipped over to Kansas City. From the New York Giants in exchange for Kansas City's 2023 third-round pick, uh, <sighs> pick and the compensatory pick uh, and the their 2023 sixth-round pick. Um, around these parts, New York Sports Talk Radio has dubbed this a complete fleecing. As so far, um, he has two receptions on the year for the Giants and had all of. 420 yards with them last year. So has not big a, been, been a big con, con, uh, contributor to the offense. However, who is catching balls with the New York Giants? So uh, Corwin, tell me your thoughts.
1: This is going to be such a, like this is going to be an absolute fleecing one way or the other in five years, because either he's going to continue his pace of, Never being healthy and never being on the field, and they gave up real picks for nothing. Or he's going to get healthy, be the player we have seen on the field, and in that Kansas City offense, just be Tyreek Hill. And it's going to be like, how the fuck did you trade away your first round pick wide receiver for a third? What are you doing? That being said, he has been in the doghouse. Uh, For the Giants, he has been hurt all season and hasn't seen the field. Man, it's at this point, without having any insight on the future and understanding what he's done in his past in the NFL on the field. It seems just like, all right, they they got some value back for him and, and he was not a part of their future plans. That's fine. Just wipe your hands clean. You have a new team, new organization, new culture. Start fresh.
0: Uh, What if I told you that nobody on the Giants has more than 200 receiving yards on the season? I believe you. Oh, Oh, sorry. Darius Slayton does. He has 232. No one else equips
1: 232. Oh, okay. So you have Darius Slayton, Wandale Robinson.
0: Number two, by the way, is Richie James, yes.
1: And Kenny Galladay, the husk of Kenny Galladay.
0: No, Kenny Galladay Um, has two receptions for 22 yards. Number three, actually, no, you said would be uh, Sterling Shepard. Jesus, he's
1: still alive.
0: He's still Um, alive. 13 receptions for 154 yards and one touchdown.
1: Oh, my God. Bless you, Saquon Barkley. Um,
0: Yeah, so far, just again, just to really hammer this home. Uh, the Giants, six receiving touchdowns all season so far uh, and 10 rushing touchdowns.
1: I have the absolute faith in Brian Dable to, to make something of this New York Giants team because they're six and one with those players. Um, but my goodness, like, They need to make some moves in the offseason.
0: This feels like the Giants team that everyone accuses like the 2011 Giants of being. Yeah. Like this is like, wow, guys, how how is this happening with this grouping of names?
1: This is a team where behind Saquon Barkley, I imagine every single person has to show ID to get into the stadium
0: and be questioned their intent at the door. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we'll uh, talk about him more down the road, but Daniel Jones has been an interesting case this year. Um, a lot to to be said about how he's fared in his fourth year in the league and, you know, what the future of him in this city is going to be. But uh, we can save that conversation for another day. He's
1: been so effective because they've taken all responsibility away from him. <laughs>
0: And, and shows, based on the complete lack of wide receiver performance, despite the fact that, um, well, you thought they had maybe a guy. It doesn't matter. Uh, all right. The Chicago Bears also traded away Duh, Roquan Smith Bears. to Baltimore in exchange for Baltimore's 2023 second and fifth round pick, as well as the outside linebacker, A.J. Klein. Uh, Corwin, this is an in-division trade for you. How does it feel?
1: Um, I, I hate it because of how much the Ravens needed him and how good he's going to be for the Ravens. And to jump ahead ever so slightly, I really fucking hate it knowing that value wise, he could very easily have been a Pittsburgh Steeler. And it's, it's things like that, that will make it difficult to really come to terms with him getting like six sacks against us when we play the Ravens next.
0: Uh, yeah. Rokon Smith has finished the last two seasons in uh, on the uh, all pro second team. He currently leaves the so NFL and combined tackles. Uh, he's so he's, he's, he's doing real, real well. Um, it's a great trade for Baltimore. Uh, all right, so then the Lions traded T.J. Hawkinson. There's more stuff in there. Do you care enough to talk about it? Or do you want to move on? Um,
1: I like the trade. The Vikings are pushing. Their tight end went down for the year. They got a guy with very high pedigree and has definitely shown that he can be a serious dude um, at a discount, reasonable price.
0: Reasonable prices all around. Uh, Chase Claypool gets sent to the Bears in exchange for a 2023 second round pick, which is uh, interesting. So
1: tell me about this. Love this for the Steelers. I mean, he's your number three wide receiver. He really was not going to be in future. The Steelers don't re-sign wide receivers. They don't. Um, Since Mike Tomlin has joined the team, it's been Antonio Brown. And I think just him and Deontay Johnson. I don't know if anyone else has gotten a second contract. Um, Maybe like Mike Wallace got a short one. I don't know. Um, That being said, you know, George Pickens has already surpassed him talent wise. He has definitely proven himself this year. And I think that's why he was able to be sold for a second round pick. But the Steelers need to make moves elsewhere on this roster, so I'm very happy we're able to get a better pick for a guy with a year and a half left on his contract um, than what we initially drafted in that. Yeah, I also love. For- I also love that it was initially supposed to be the Ravens' second round pick uh, that the Bears owned in the Roquan uh, Smith trade. Roquan, I got his name right. Yeah, um, but. Green Bay also was trying to bid for it, so it made Chicago up their offer. We can get to that at the end, or we can just talk about it now. You're calling. Green Bay. How do, how do you not do anything? How do you not do it, anything?
0: It it feels like such a toxic relationship. It, it feels like Olivia Wilde's marriage to Jason Sudeikis. Like it's it's like both both parties are somehow continuing this when on the outside it's such a hot mess. Like they're both trying to fuck each other, but neither one of them is willing to leave the other one necessarily. Like it's Aaron Rodgers clearly has had so many issues with the way the Packers have done business and done him as a quarterback in the last five years, yet refuses to demand a trade. Or just not sign new contracts.
1: He just just signed a new contract. I
0: I know. And it's like, you have nothing but issues. Why would you keep staying? And the Packers seem like they're doing everything they do out of spite for Aaron Rodgers. You keep making him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. None of it makes sense.
1: I am genuinely blown away how they have invested as much as they have in Aaron Rodgers and yet have completely closed their Super Bowl window.
0: Oh, yeah. They're, they're – this is not a serious team anymore. I
1: mean, like, I don't know. There's no free agent wide receivers next year. There's – I mean, <laughs> there's going to be guys in the draft, and frankly, they're going to have a pretty nice draft pick at, like – I don't know, they're probably going to be somewhere near the middle of the pack. Um, I just – I don't – I don't understand their strategy here. I really don't. I I don't get why the most important person to our team is public enemy number one. That being said, I understand Aaron Rodgers is an asshole and would be incredibly difficult to deal with. If so, get rid of him. Trade him. Trade um, Trade Aaron Rodgers. Imagine what you could get for Aaron Rodgers.
0: The, the list of uh, 2022 wide receiver, unrestricted free agent wide receivers, Nelson Aguilar, Sterling Shepard, DJ Chark, uh, Randall Cobb, Marvin Jones, Julio Jones, Byron Pringle, Alan Lazard, Jacoby and Myers, Juju Smith-Schuster, AJ Green, Jarvis Landry. Uh, there's a couple guys here Nikhil Harry, who I forgot was in the league, Jamison Crowder, who's still alive, Sammy Watkins, who's apparently the same age as Jameson Crowder. Um, wow, okay, and on I, Green Bay,
1: yeah, Sammy Watkins is playing for the Packers.
0: Whoa, I, did not realize that. Um, I gotta get because you haven't heard his
1: name once.
0: No, no, I haven't. Uh, anyway, but let's keep moving. Uh, I, I
1: just think hearing that list, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is an absolute lock to sign with the Packers next year.
0: Oh, absolutely! I mean, that should be day one shit, or, or like on everybody's bingo board. It might as well be the centerpiece in a bingo board. It is a it is a lock to occur.
1: Anywho, Sammy Sammy Watkins past top like five pick has nine receptions for 150 yards this season.
0: Those are Giants numbers.
1: Those are Giants numbers.
0: All right. Next one is a big one in which the Denver Broncos sent over Bradley Chubb and a fifth round pick in 2025, which is like saying, I owe you 20 bucks in six years. It's so fucking stupid. I love it. Um, In exchange for uh, Miami sending back, that is their 2023 first round pick which is actually San Diego's first-round pick. Sorry, San Francisco's. Uh, 2024, (laughs) fourth-round pick. And the running back, Chase Edmonds. Yes. So this is is a real marquee trade as the Broncos are kind of tearing down a little bit. Or trying to exchange value, I guess I should say. What were you going to say?
1: We'll get to it. I don't know. I felt like we needed to jump it in here. But they also traded for another running back later on which I think is fantastic.
0: We won't try to make um, sense of what, <laughs> all what that a being, Denver All that being
1: does. said, uh, love this for Miami, who's shown that the offense is real and they are Super Bowl contenders. Um, and they're getting a absolute premier pass rusher. Um, not necessarily like the top S-tier guys, but definitely an A-tier player. Um All told, uh, we brought up earlier, the trade that they had with um, San Francisco for Trey Lance has resulted, in part, with a couple other small pieces added on, uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and now Bradley Chubb, which is just an insane wealth of talent. Unreal. I mean, Miami has had a treasure trove of picks for the past couple of years, and they've just been kind of wheeling and dealing, trying to get the most value out of it. They, they have shocked me with how well they use those picks, both in trades and in drafting, to, to get serious guys. I'm a huge fan. And actually, it all goes back to that uh, Laramie Tunsil I, I knew, weed yep. video. Yeah, smoking out of that gas mask to drop That's really down. That's really the start of their dynasty. Essentially, first overall to like thirteenth, I think. Yeah, like the low teen, teens, mid teens.
0: Uh, right now the Miami Mar- Miami Marlins. Oh my God, Josh, it's not baseball. The Miami Dolphins currently are sitting pretty uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Thirteen, sorry, third. Jesus fucking Christ, third in in uh, yards. In the NFL for offense. The points for is a little bit more sparse. They're 12th. So they're, but the point being, they're moving down the field very, very effectively and efficiently. The problem is, it's not translating on the defensive side of the ball. They've allowed the sixth most yards in the NFL on defense and have allowed the eighth most points. So this definitely a move to help keep, you know, keep the offense on the field, which is what they're doing well and to get the defense off the field where they are struggling. Well, or also uh what every fucking team on the goddamn planet's trying to do. So yeah, oh, there's also that. Um I hate it just FYI makes <laughs> makes me makes me sad. Uh not a fan. Uh Atlanta sends uh, Calvin Ridley over to Jacksonville in exchange for a 2023 fifth round, 2024 fourth round Uh, This is kind of a surprise trade because Calvin Ridley has not played all year um, because of a sports betting suspension.
1: Sir, can you please look up the full conditions for that draft pick? Uh,
0: Conditional based on making the team playing time. And if they give him an extension.
1: If it's a fifth round pick now,
0: if he gets reinstated,
1: if he gets reinstated, and then makes the team next year, and if they re-sign him to a contract, it can go all the way from a fifth-round pick to a second-round pick.
0: Fourth-round pick to a second. So, so all right, so here's how it goes: It's a fifth-round pick in 2023, this upcoming draft, if he gets reinstated. Then next year's draft, the 2024 draft, it's a fourth-round pick if he makes the team. Then there's conditions on playing time that bumps up to a third. Then if he gets Resigned to an extension, then it becomes a second. So there's those two okay. different picks at play. One is a fifth, one is got it. A fourth to, up to a second. Got it. Which
1: uh, absolutely love that. Hilarious. I love those details for a contract. I love the Jaguars going out and getting their guy a premier wide receiver. Falcons very clearly in a deep rebuild. Um, and they don't have him for this year anyway. Um, but I I really, really, really love this for the Jaguars. Really, really, really love this. One of, if not the best trade uh, at the deadline so
0: far. This is a fun one.
1: So far, it has come and gone. There are no more trades that will come. Uh,
0: Jeff Wilson got traded to Miami. He's a running back in exchange for the 2023 fifth round pick going over to San Francisco.
1: Thoughts? Um, I love that as part of this trade. So San Francisco trades for a running back. They trade away a player and get one back. And then they're like, oh, my God, we have so many running backs. Okay, here, take this one that we just uh, have left. Um, I will say they did come out and say, yeah, like Jeff Wilson has been with this team for a long, long time through bad years and good years. We love him. We absolutely adore him. We wanted to send him off to a place where we knew he would be taken care of. Um, And, you know, obviously we have a great relationship with Mike McDaniel. We knew he loves him and will take care of him. So we wanted to send him there. It's like, ah, I love that. I love when teams take care of their players.
0: I love how teams feel the need to like issue a media statement, which essentially is just it might as well just be a, a picture of them giving that player a little kiss on the forehead as, as they send him out the door. Mwah. It's like, look, we get we get it. It it's very, very nice how you were thoughtful in trading away this player who was loyal to your team, reminding us all of the expendable nature of our labor. But I mean, unless you're gonna start sending out the video of you jacking him off, like let's just stop this. Uh All right, Jake Martin. Jake Martin got traded to Denver uh, as well as a 2024 fifth-round pick from the New York Jets, who take home a 2024 fourth-round pick. Corbin. I didn't know who this person
1: was, so I'll let the resident Jets fan uh, weigh in with anything.
0: Well, Corbin, I have nothing to say because I also don't know who this guy was. Touche. I I swear to... To to God, I just tried to look for Jake Martin on pro football reference. He doesn't have a page. So I don't even know how to give an opinion on a guy that somehow (laughs) doesn't have a page on pro football reference. Which I doesn't feel possible. So, I mean, he played in college. I know it's not pro but like you'd think it would be there. He's not on the Jets depth chart on Pro Football like he doesn't exist. They So, so this is a great trade. They got a fourth round pick for a ghost. They got yes. a fourth round pick for Which a name. Huge. They the 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 Broncos came to the Jets and were like, "You guys got any outside linebackers we could trade for?" And the Jets made up a name and were like, "We'll give you this guy." And the Broncos said, "Right. Sold." Yeah. Some an intern named Jake Martin is going to show up at the Denver Broncos facility and, you know, khakis weighing 125 pounds and and a polo and be like, I'm ready for practice, coach.
1: It was straight out of Moneyball. Jets GM was on the phone and just like snapping his fingers, pointing at an intern to just write a name down on a piece of paper. And he's like, Martin, 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 you're getting Martin.
0: Oh, we got a guy in accounting, Jake Martin. The intern
1: intern was confused and just wrote his own name down.
0: (laughs) We got a guy in accounting. uh, uh, What's his name? Jake Martin. Can he play outside linebacker? We can teach him. All right. Send him (laughs) over. You got it. Send it over. Call it. Hell yeah. All right. The Indianapolis Colts acquired Zach running back, Zach Moss, as well as a 2023 sixth round pick from the Buffalo Bills in exchange for Naheem Hines running back. Uh, thoughts uh
1: they got rid of a a good running back and got back a bad running back and a sixth round pick i don't necessarily know if i am for this trade i don't i don't think that nets out valuable enough i don't think that's enough
0: it's a real head scratcher um i can't explain because even like if the conditional pick gets up to a fifth, which it can, I don't know what the stipulations are, but it says that it can still, doesn't feel like it's worth it, really.
1: No. So, I, I, I really like Naeem Hines. I think he's a great, um, not rotational, but a uh, complimentary piece, especially with Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I don't think Zach Moss is much better. in fantasy. That, uh, I think it was last year, I traded away Cordell Patterson for Zach Moss when uh. It looked like Singletary was on his way out in Buffalo. Uh, I regret that trade so fucking immensely. Uh, I saw it earlier today when I was looking through uh, some past activity, and it just made me sad. Uh,
0: The Atlanta Falcons acquire cornerback Rashad Fenton from the Kansas City Chiefs in exchange for a 2023 seventh-round pick.
1: Um, I like this. I I think Fenton is a guy who might not be a top end starter, but a guy who could start. And this was a salary dump move for, uh, the chiefs. So I think both got what they wanted out of it.
0: Uh, yeah, the Falcons turned right around and traded away another 2023 seventh round pick in order to exchange, uh, sorry, acquired a 2023 seventh-round pick to replace that one from Buffalo in exchange for a strong safety, Dean Marlowe.
1: I don't know who that person
0: is. All right. And then the final trade of the NFL trade deadline was the Pittsburgh Steelers acquiring a 2025 seventh-round pick and cornerback William Jackson in exchange, sending to the, the commanders... I don't have that here, so he can suck my dick. Um, okay. In exchange, getting sent to the Commanders, a 2025 sixth-round pick, Corbin Heller. Why will this save the Steelers' season?
1: Um, he was the cornerback that the Steelers wanted to draft in 2016 uh, instead of famed awful player, Artie Burns. Um, but the... <laughs> the Bengals just jumped in and stole him because everyone in the world knew how badly we wanted William Jackson III. Um, and so I'm happy to get him back. He's been really awful playing zone this year. He's a man corner who is going to come in and now play man coverage. So hopefully he improves, but he also makes a sizable chunk of money. So I'm not holding my breath.
0: Uh, so that does it for all the trades that actually happened. Was there anything that didn't happen that you were surprised didn't go down? We obviously mentioned the fact that green Bay did nothing and how wild that kind of was, but were you expecting any, any other movement? Um,
1: something obviously. Um, but I mean, uh,
0: this bust open, one of my bold predictions, which was that Derek Carr finally actually does get traded. Um, it seemed like such a, possibility this year too since Vegas has been such ass um, they're sitting at two and five last in their division um, not quite Derek Carr's fault as he is um, he's at a quarterback rating of 86.8 which like not great but not bad um, the interceptions hurt but the whole team has been rotten so I mean, they
1: made so many moves in the offseason to kind of give themselves something to compete in that division and then they put up a fucking stinker and have since done nothing to make themselves any better. I don't know. It's I've not I've little faith in that franchise.
0: I'm uh, I'm surprised Elijah Moore did not get traded from the Jets. There was a lot of speculation around him uh you know, in, in Jets fan circles, because he had expressed a lot of displeasure with the Jets because of his lack of targets in the past few weeks and demanding a trade uh, three or four weeks ago, which all obviously ultimately didn't end up materializing, which is really quite interesting. So, uh, from that perspective, I'll be interested to see, what, you know, kind of where he goes from here. But uh, I was kind of expecting that one. But he's such a good player. I just
1: would never expect the Jets to want to move him. I think he's going to get his once Zach Wilson gets his feet underneath him. I just, I really don't know why you would trade him.
0: Well, that was my thinking too. I just kind of figured like, all right, if he's really not like, he's a good, we've seen him be really good, but if he's not getting targets, that must mean that they're not scheming for him to get tart. Like, yeah, like they just, maybe the Jets roster is finally so deep. They have to start sending away good players. Not the case, yeah. Um, like was, I was at the Jets game where they got their ass handed to them by the Patriots yet again. Uh, lots of thoughts and feelings that that brought up, but uh, I think we're running a little bit long, so I'm about to say that for another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corwin, anything else on your end before we skedaddle?
1: Uh, go Steelers, go Phillies, I guess.
0: Let's go Pennsylvania. Also rooting for you guys in the midterms.
1: Yeah, go John Fetterman.
0: Go Fetterman. And go whoever your gubernatorial candidate is. I kind of forget.
1: Uh, that'll be important.
0: Yeah, but as long as it's not that other person. Yeah, fuck that other person. Yeah, I forget. Anyway. Um, uh, let's see. This Sunday, the Jets tackle the Bills. We're gonna get demolished. Um, and the Steelers oh. Have this, the Steelers have announced, by. yeah, they're
1: on bye. The Mike Tomlin announced that he will not be making any coaching changes, which means Matt Canada will be sticking it out for the rest of the year, which means there's absolutely no hope for the Steelers offense.
0: Seeing Steelers fans rail against a man named Matt Canada is objectively hilarious. Like, there is a large contingent of Pennsylvanians whose weekend gets ruined by a man named Matt Canada, which sounds like the name that someone in a bad comedy film would make up on the spot when asked what their name was in a situation where they needed to be deceptive. Like, hey, what are you doing in my office? Who are you? I'm, uh, looks at a floor mat. Matt, uh, looks at a map. Canada, Matt Canada. That man fucks you on Sundays. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> this seems like something that would occur at the border of Canada.
0: Matthew Canada. Yep. Yes, spelled just like the country. No, never been, actually. Yeah, never <laughs> been. You'd think of... No, I don't know how we got the name. All right, anyway. Um, okay, well... That's today's show. If you would like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you follow Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at CorwinHellett. If you follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at, juice the numbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all have a good one.